Okay, episode 6. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Welcome back to the one podcast where you can destroy Islam with mere words. We Muslims, we follow some of the strangest and most strict of rituals, from walking circles around a box-shaped building to a special prayer when suffering droughts. We do not do this because it makes sense. We do this because 1400 years ago, an illiterate Arabian shepherd received a message from outer space, from mankind's maker and benefactor, in the name of Allah, the Rahman, the Merciful. The Quran is nothing short of miraculous. It is composed of the most beautiful Arabian words ever uttered. It is actually sung, not just read. Quran also has a magnificent scope, from the various colors of honey to the creation of mankind. The Quran challenges you to disprove it. Check out episode 5 of this podcast if you haven't already. Bring about a single surah of its likeness. If you claim this is only a fabrication by this Arab shepherd, then you must be able to beat him. Bring about a single surah of its likeness and you win. In this podcast, I will take you over the message in English, reading answers to questions like, Who is Allah? Why did Allah create mankind? And why won't Allah just talk to us right here and right now, you and me? Why doesn't he just do so or send us a sign? It is impossible for anyone to replicate its beauty from Arabic into any other language. I will focus on bringing you an exact replica, word for word as is possible. I will leave the beauty part to you. To recap, last episode, we read the first part of the message. It was a demand for surrender to Allah by right of creation. The one who made mankind and made for them an enclosed protective ecosystem, earth, the heavens, rain, and plant life. Allah orders us to submit only to our creator, not the plumping furniture, nor to each other. Also in our last reading, Allah issued you a challenge, dear listener. Anytime you feel the slightest touch of doubt about Quran, then go ahead. Fabricate anything like it. Call on everyone you know and use everything at your disposal. And when you realize that this is beyond human, then you have two choices. Refuse, and you will serve your purpose in this life whether you like it or not, and then you will serve a final purpose as fuel for a great fire. Or submit, and you will receive eternal life, unlimited sensory experiences, and unconstrained pleasures in gardens with, uh, in gardens with rivers running beneath. Now we continue with the sixth episode in this surah or chapter, starting where we stopped, at ayah or verse 30. In this episode, we're getting answers, answers, and even more answers. Everything to help anyone find out the purpose behind his creation. So let's dive right in. Ayah 30. And so was said your rub to the angels. Know that I am making in earth a khalifa. Said they, will you make in it who corrupts in it and spills blood, and we nusabihu with your praises and sanctify for you? Said, verily, I know what you do not know. Okay, so a lot to unpack here. We'll start with the first part. And so I said, you're up to the angels. Know that I am making an earth a khalifa. Rob again is the creator, manager, nurturer, the sender of this Quran. If you read in Quran in order, this is the first ever introduction of the word angels, which is al-mala'ika in Arabic. Know that Prophet Muhammad said Quran was brought to him by a being that identified, that identified himself as an angel named Jibril in Arabic or Gabriel. The Arabs knew of angels from their interactions with the with people of uh, Jewish and Christian faiths, but they did not accept nor respect their notions, to the point that Arabs claimed actually that angels were the daughters of Allah. This is just some context when reading this ayah. Know that I is not an ideal translation. The three words actually represents only one Arabic word, which is inni, which is a way to make a declaration, a proclamation, or a confirmation about oneself. Making, the Arabic word here is ja'ilun, which signifies again a change or a transformation. In other words, there was no khalifa on earth and Allah was making or appointing a khalifa to it. This is very important. If you remember the last ayah of the previous episode, Allah told us he created for us, for mankind specifically, what's in the earth, all. 
and then resolved the heaven into seven levels. And now came the moment of truth, the moment when mankind was to be appointed a Khalifa of earth. Khalifa is a loaded word. It has two specific meanings. Uh, the most used form of the word means a ruler, a king or a lord, specifically someone who rules on behalf of, uh, on behalf of or after someone else. It also means to signify a generational element, so generation after generation of rulers on earth. So Allah was declaring to the angels that the time has come. A ruler will be appointed to rule earth in Allah's name. A super system to reign over all the systems of the earth, self-sustaining and self-regenerating generation after generation. And that ruler is you and me. That ruler is all of us mankind. It was not a coincident or a spur of the moment kind of decision. Remember, Allah already remade the heavens and the earth and created what's, in, what's on earth, all of it, to be suitable for us. We mankind, we, cre we were created as the rulers of earth in the name of Allah. An immense honor, an exalted status. This is Islam's answer to why do we exist? Why did Allah create us? We were created to rule earth in Allah's name. So the second part is, said they, will you make in it who corrupts in it and spills blood and we nusabbihu with your praises and sanctify for you. Said Allah verily, I know what you do not know. So the angels responded to Allah's proclamation. Will you truly appoint someone to earth, someone who will commit corrupt acts and spill innocent blood? On the other hand, we, your angels, we are here. We are nusabbihu uh, with your praises. Nusabihu is one of the most difficult Arabic words to explain. I will give you the short of it as this is just an, this is not an Arabic lesson. It is a way of saying we raise ourselves and others in your praises, in acknowledging that you are beyond all things, above all things, at the end of nothing, time and space. And we sanctify for you. So we bring sanctity and holiness in your name, by your command and by your order for you. So now note that after pointing to mankind's shortcomings, the angels started highlighting their own virtues in the, serv in the service of Allah. So they were not just wondering why is Allah appointing us? The angels were actually vying for mankind's position. They wanted to rule earth in Allah's name. They knew it was a great honor. Imagine two siblings. One day the parents decide to gift one of them with something of magnificent value. And so the other, desiring the gift for himself, immediately interjects, pointing to his brother's faults and then stating his own virtues. Am I not better than him? And to Allah, of course, is the highest of examples. So the above also indicates for the first time that the angels knew mankind will corrupt and spill blood on earth. Albeit doesn't yet say how did they know that. The flow of the ayah suggests that it was common knowledge at that point among those high creatures of Allah. So their question is normal. So is the question of many people who ask, why didn't Allah just make us angels incapable of sin? Or why not just appoint angels to rule, uh, to rule the earth in the first place? And, then, and to that point, Allah replies, I know what you do not know. There is more to this than meets the eye. Allah knows about the nature of this ruler and your own nature, the angels. Ayah 31 And taught Adam the names, all, and so presented them to the angels, then said, Inform me of the names of those if you are truthful. Okay, so, uh, and th this is the first time we hear of Adam when reading in order. It is important to highlight that some of the Arabs knew of the story of Adam and Hawa, Eve, but they didn't accept it nor believe in it. They considered it part of the traditions of the Christians and the, and the Christian and Jewish faiths. And like I said earlier, they didn't respect both or accept any of their notions. Not of the Christian concept of original sin, nor of Adam being the progenitor of all mankind. So Allah taught Adam the names all. 
The Arabic word here is al-asma, which is an exact translation. In this context, they are words associated with people, groups, anything. In my mind, Allah installed in Adam a special ability. The ability to allocate names to variables or new things he never saw or knew before and deal with them. However, regardless of what the exact ability here, it is obviously related to a mental capacity and is associated with naming things or the names of all things. And then Allah indulging the angels question from the previous ayah, presented a set or a group of objects to the angels and said, inform me, their record is ambiuni, what are the names of those arrayed before you, if you are truthful? If you are truthful provides a critical link to the angels earlier claim. Aren't you more suitable for, for ruling over earth? If you are truly better than Adam for this role, you must be able to perform this function. Tell me the names of those arrayed before you. Ayah 32 Said they, Subhanaka, no knowledge with us, except for that you taught us. It is you, you, the all-knowing, the all-wise. Subhanaka shares the same root as Nusabihu from earlier. It is a complex word. For the context of this ayah, it is a way for saying, Exalted is your station. You are beyond us, and so are your designs. It is said in wonder and near apologetic form. Then the angels continued, Our function, our processes, our knowledge does not allow us to perform this task and answer your question. We are, un we are only good and fit for what you created us. Innaka anta. It's a way to declare, and, to declare and emphasize something about another. So it is you, you, the all-knowing, the all-wise. The angels using these two attributes specifically confirms our understanding. You are the all-knowing and the all-wise. You are beyond our comprehension and you defy our logic. Ayah 33 said, Adam informed them of their names. And so when he informed them of their names, said, didn't I tell you that I know the unknowns of the heavens and the earth? And I know what you let out and what you were holding back. Okay, so maybe just a point that is not in the ayah itself. Uh, the translation could sound a lot better in English, but I'm maintaining the word-for-word -word approach as is possible. Uh, for example, and so when he informed them of their names, these are nine words in English. The Arabic equivalent is only three words. This is not to say Arabic is better or worse. It is just to say that Quran uses the highest ever form of Arabic. I have personally never encountered anything so difficult to translate. We go back to the ayah. So Allah ordered Adam, inform the angels of the names of those of arrayed before them, the critical function that is required to prove who is better fit to rule earth in Allah's name. Perform this function that the angels just admitted is beyond their power. And so Adam did. Right there. Allah showed the angels that Adam is a different machine with a capability that is not within the design of the angels themselves. A function or capability that is required for ruling, for ruling over earth. That is why Allah gave the angels a live demonstration and had them personally attest to their inability to perform this task. Know that Allah answered the angels about the nature of mankind by showing them mankind's extraordinary function. It means that this nature is part of that function. Mankind will sin and will commit corrupt acts, true. But not being able to do so would deprive us of our, the capabilities that we need to rule over earth in Allah's name. So now we come to the answer of that critical question. Why are mankind sinful and vicious? Why are we afflicted by the tendency to commit a corrupt acts and spill blood? The answer is we were made in perfect form to rule the earth. This perfect form involved us having abilities that are beyond the angels of Allah themselves. It also mandates those urges and tendencies afflicting mankind. It is not a bug, it is a feature and a requirement. Next, Allah says a very revealing thing to the angels. 
Didn't I tell you that I know the unknowns of the heavens and the earth? The Arabic form shows a lot of indulgence and mercy to the angels, the slightest hint of reprimand. And I know what you were letting out, what you were talking amongst them, uh, yourselves and maybe even with others of the high public. And what you kept to yourself, the Arabic word here is taktumuna, it's synonymous with holding one's breath. So what you actually kept within your inner selves, not letting out to anyone. So your thoughts about the nature of Adam, your thoughts of your own virtues and your desires for the great honor of being appointed to rule earth in Allah's name. Allah knew it all. You can almost picture the angels murmuring among, amongst themselves or holding their tongues on the topic. Why is it Adam's destiny to rule over earth and not ours? Does this mean that his status is higher than ours? Aren't we his betters? Isn't he sinful and we only sing the praises of Allah and sanctify for him? All of this was boiling within the angels until they blurted it out in the form uh, in their request and question. Do you make in it who corrupts in it and spills blood? And we nusabihu with your praises and sanctify for you? And so we answer another critical question. Why didn't Allah just have angels rule over earth? Aren't they purer than mankind and will not commit any sin? The answer is they were not fit for Allah's designs for, uh, for the earth and its ruler. A ruler that was created with special powers and capabilities, a function that required the capacity and tendency to experiment, to do new things that may cause even irreparable harm. A drive that may cause sinful and corrupt acts, but it is the same drive required for rulership of the earth in Allah's design. Ayah 34 And as said we to the angels, Prostrate yourselves before Adam. So they prostrated, except for Iblis, repudiated, showed arrogance, and was of the Kafirun. And so, knowing what went through the heads of the denizens of the high publics, Allah lays one more question to rest. Who is of higher status to Allah, mankind or the angels? Someone could construe it from the previous ayah that, okay, mankind is just a creature with a specific purpose. It does not mean that he is of higher status than the angels of Allah. You know, good at math or something. So Allah laid this question to rest. Prostrate yourselves, face down on the ground before Adam. Can there be any clearer sign of the status of mankind? Islam's answer is clear. Mankind is, high, is a higher creature than the angels of Allah themselves. To anyone wondering, why didn't Allah make us angels, incapable of sin in the first place? You are practically saying, why didn't Allah make us into a lesser race than what we are right now? And so the angels did as they were commanded. But Iblis, a new name, uh, if we are reading Quran in order, a name that the Arabs never knew before Islam. Iblis repudiated. The Arabic word is Abba, which means refused indignantly, as in, you ordered me to do what? So Iblis showed arrogance. The Arabic word is Wa'istakbara. This word is rooted in the, in the same, uh, in the Arabic word for pride, which is Kibr. The, te- the sentence practically translates into Iblis committed pride, if that makes any sense. So Iblis decided he is not below Adam. He thought himself better. And so the intention behind the order to prostrate was also clear. It was to answer the previous question. Yes, Adam is of a higher status than all those ordered to prostrate themselves. First, face first on the ground before him. It was such a demand that you could see the struggle causing Iblis to disobey Allah because his pride got the better of him. Why would his pride be in the way if the order did not clearly signify that mankind was better than him? Allah declared right there that uh, Iblis has chosen of his own free will to disobey, to cover himself from the light of Allah out of pride, to be of the kafirun. And so know that, if you choose to deny Allah's light because your pride is in the way, 
because you simply wish that your ancestral view or religion is better than the true word of Allah, because you cannot accept that you were wrong, you are choosing the lot of Iblis, the commerce of the Kafirun. Ayah 35 And said we, Adam, inhabit you and your wife the garden, and eat of it leisurely wherever you please, and don't approach this tree, lest you become of the Zalimun. So now we come to a very famous story, a story that, mind you, the Arabs of back then largely rejected, or at least been skeptical about. The word for inhabit here is uskun, which means find peace, living content, a blessed existence, nothing to worry about. So the ayah is clear, I just need to highlight a few things related to the translation itself. In the Arabic form, the address was to Adam and his wife, so uh, inhabit you and your wife. Every order afterwards was addressed to them both. So eat both, wherever you both please. Don't approach both this tree, lest you both become of the Zalimun. This is an important aspect of Islam. Women are men's equal in all things. The word Zalimun means unjust directly in Arabic. The root of the Arabic word is Zalama, which translate to darkness, afflicting darkness or inviting darkness. This root in Arabic is used only for those two meanings, darkness and injustice. To afflict someone with injustice is to invite darkness on him. All of the Zalimun are inviting darkness and injustice upon themselves and upon their souls. Note the simplicity of the test as well. Practically unlimited resources, blissful existence, and so on. Just one tree. The ayah specifically says, eat leisurely wherever you so please. Just one tree. Ayah 36. And so tripped them, the shaitan over it. And so ejected them of what they were in. And said we, Descend, some of you to some are enemies, and to you in the earth, settlement and trifles for a time. And so, fa, the shaitan, tripped them both over that tree. And so, fa, if you remember, fa was to to link a causation chain, ejected them both of what they were in. Note again that both were responsible, both are equal in this incident as well. The Arabic word for trip them here is azallahuma, which practically means cause them to slip over that tree. So imagine someone extending his foot in front of you and you lose your balance but quickly regain it. It was practically nothing more than a slip. This is how it is described in Quran, a slip over that tree. This is explicitly mentioned. It didn't really matter. It wasn't such a great sin in the first place. The shaitan is also introduced here. We learned earlier that shaitans are what drives mankind to ruin themselves in their excesses be it alcohol, friends, work, whatever. The shaitan in Arabic is a known quantity. It is the ultimate shaitan, an enemy whose ultimate goal is to ruin mankind in their own excesses. This one specific shaitan's animosity started with uh, with our own pro- progenitors, Adam and Hawa. I cannot imagine what he told them to trick them, but he must have been very good at what he did. And he must have expended a lot of patience and time to do it, to get this done. The flow clearly indicates that Iblis, who ruined himself because Allah raised Adam above him, is now our mortal enemy, the ultimate ruiner, the shaitan, the shaitan. And he started by pushing Adam and Hawa to exceed a limit that Allah set for them, hoping to destroy them and uh, to disgrace them and bring them down. And Iblis actually succeeded. He got them both out of their blissful existence in that garden. As in the previous ayah, he caused them to afflict themselves with darkness. And Allah ordered all, shifting from using both in the the earlier addresses to using all, clearly indicating that this shaitan will descend with Adam and Hawa to earth, 
hostilities raging between them, and in earth they will dwell and busy themselves with their trifles and livelihood for a time. But wait a moment. Didn't Allah himself in this very same ayah say it was a slip over that tree? It was not a great sin in the first place. So why such a severe reaction to nothing of import as is eating from one tree? Ayah 37 And so received Adam from his Rabb words, and so he accepted his repentance. Truly he is the Tawab, the merciful. So Allah inspired or instilled into Adam's words. So Adam's repented using these words and Allah accepted him back. And this is where it all comes together. Allah didn't cast Adam out for eating from a tree. Allah explicitly said it was nothing but a slip over that tree in the first place. That tree was nothing special. So why all of this? Why put Adam in that garden? Why subject him to this one specific test? Remember, Allah has reshaped the earth and created all things in it for Adam. Allah told the angels that Adam was to rule over earth, generation after generation. This is long before Adam ate from that tree. Adam was destined to go down to earth with Hawa, whether they ate from that tree or not. Also remember that Adam, or at least his children after him, were to commit sin and shed blood. And this one ties all of this together. Mankind required one final lesson before they were to descend to earth. This is similar to what my own father used to call life, lesson, life lessons coming up. No matter how many times you tell your kid not to jump off the couch, he won't stop until his knee is bleeding. And Tola, of course, is the highest of examples. The whole thing was a final lesson. Allah allowed Adam to make this mistake, to afflict his own soul with darkness, so he'd know, he would know this specific feeling and experience. Then Allah finished this, uh, this programming of Adam with the final lesson, the way to deal with this darkness afflicting your soul. Words that Allah installed inside Adam. The ayah explicitly says, فتلقى, which means he received or he was imbued with these words. So Adam used these words to repent and return to Allah, and Allah accepted him. Simple, what is eating of one tree for such a valuable final lesson? Mankind, you will commit sin. It is in your nature and role as rulers of the earth. Use your words, repent and come back. You will be accepted. To wrap the ayah up, Allah describes himself with two more words. Tawab, which means the one who accepts the repenters and merciful. So never despair of Allah's mercy. Repent and come back, no matter where you are. You will be accepted. Note also in this ayah the fate of Iblis. All his designs and machinations to trick Adam and destroy him by having him eat from the tree turned out to serve only the designs of Allah, nothing but a lesson to Adam. Similar to the kafirun Allah told us about in previous ayahs. They will do all in their power to corrupt and deceive. They shall serve their purpose in this life whether they like it or not, and then they will serve a final purpose in the next life. Ayah 38 Said we, Descend from it all, and so if comes to you from me guidance, then whoever heeds my guidance, no fear on them, and they shall not grieve. Okay, so note that this ayah comes after Allah accepted Adam's repentance in the previous ayah. Now he is ordered to descend to earth. This is another confirmation. Why would Allah accept Adam and confirm that he accepted Adam's repentance and then punish him still by casting him down to earth? The, anth- the answer is that it was not a punishment, as clear from the very first eye of this episode. Adam was going to earth whether he ate from the tree or not. He was created for that. When you are on earth, you shall receive further words from Allah. This is an important point, and it is part of the reason behind the name of this podcast, We are to receive further words and instructions from our Creator. Those who heed the the guidance of Allah, 
Fear not, grieve not. Ayah 39 And they who kafaru and belied our signs, they are the familiars of the fire, they are in it eternal. And so those who would follow Iblis's example and cover themselves of Allah's light, regardless of, of who they are and what is their status, they who deny our signs, they will live eternal tortures in the fire. And there you have it, my friend. The covenant between mankind and Allah that we mentioned in the previous episode. Allah sent our progenitors to earth, Adam and Hawa, with a clear deal. Rule earth in the name of Allah. You shall receive words and instructions from Allah. Heed them and you have nothing to fear. Reject them and you will fe- and you will fuel the fire. By the way, when we say the fire in Arabic, it refers to the ultimate fire and not just any fire. The same thing Allah told us earlier. Once you realize that this Quran is beyond you, submit to the will of your maker and you will receive eternal life and blessings. Refuse and you will serve a final purpose as fuel to the fire. Okay, a quick note before we reach the end of this episode. So note that these ayahs conform to none of the previous origin stories from Christianity, Judaism, or Arabic tradition. This is because Allah does not care what any of his things say to each other to raise themselves over each other. Allah has given us a clear account of what transpired with clear answers to all of our questions on why do we exist, regardless of what we like to tell ourselves. With that, we come to the end of this episode. Uh, As usual, thank you very much for uh, listening. Next episode, we're going to talk or read about how Allah calls on his witnesses on earth and orders them to come forth and confirm the content of this message. Until then, peace and blessings of Allah be upon you.